0: Hello, this is Pastor Moe, senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Well, as you know by now, it's Mother's Day, and uh, obviously a message should be geared around that. Now, I have been working through the Gospel of John, but we're going to take a pause on that, uh, because fortunately or unfortunately, today's message would have been on Jesus confronting the woman caught in adultery. Just didn't feel like that was a good Mother's Day (laughs) uh, message, so uh, I hope you'll forgive me for postponing that next week. Even though the story turns out wonderful and God, hon- Jesus honors and lifts up that woman uh, in spite of the sin, because we've all sinned. Uh, but I uh, just wanted to make it a little bit more positive today here for you mothers. So we're going we're gonna to work on Mother's Day and the, the importance of it, because moms, you, uh, you are special. Well, according to this acrostic here, see how well you tally up here. Magnificent, outstanding, tender, honorable, extraordinary and remarkable. Well, all of you score a, a 10 out of a 10 on that uh, note. But uh, mothers are just like anybody else. There's, nobody's perfect. But in general, when we think of mothers, there's just this general idea of sort of lifting up that person to the most honored position. And uh, that's what we want to try to focus on today is, and really about what what to give on Mother's Day? Mother's Day, you always want well, what kind of gifts to give. Well, I found this little, uh, cro- this little uh, pie chart here that said, uh, you know, good, port- mo- good mothers like cards, many like flowers, but most of them like proof that you like her better than Dad. That's the, that's the key here. So if you can get that far uh, on gifts. But what to give your mother for gift. Maybe you want to do like this, and actually, I think I told this story several years back, but uh, you probably slept since then. But uh, a man who, uh, who, who had a mother and uh, had been kind of distracted over the last year. Uh, he just hadn't taken the time to call and contact his mom and he'd done really well for himself. So he had plenty of money. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get her a very expensive gift to just show her how much I love her. So she ha- he happened to be walking down uh, to his business. And one of, he went to church, so one of his church members owned a pet shop. So he said, you know, I'm going to step in here and just say hello. And he just began to talk, and he said, you know, he told the man, he said, you know, I'm really looking for a good gift for my mother. Uh, and the shop owner knew his mother and said, well, you know, she's a good Christian woman. I've got the perfect gift for you. And so he walked over there to this parrot, and it had a $10,000 price tag, $10,000 parrot. And the man said, Man, that must be a pretty, 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 uh, pretty smart bird. He said, Well, he is. He can whistle Amazing Grace and he can quote the 23rd Psalm. And so uh, the man said, That's what I need. I don't care how much it is $10,000. He so here's my mom's address. Can you mail it? Said, oh, yes. So Mother's Day came. He was proud of himself. Of course, he lived in a different city. Called her up and said, Hey, mom, how are you? He says, Oh, I'm doing great, son. Happy Mother's Day. Well, thank you so much. And He said, how'd you like the bird? She said, oh, it was delicious. (laughs) So that gift, it's satisfying, but it may not last too long. But uh, uh, you may want to rethink the whole idea of just surprising mothers on gifts and explain some of those gifts to her. Uh, But uh, even if you don't have $10,000, there are gifts you can give. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, one of our former presidents, said that no Person is poor who has a godly mother. So, we want to keep that in mind today as we think about gift ideas for Mother's Day. And uh, this is going to be, first of all, we're going to talk about those of us as we give gifts to our mothers or mother figures in our life or just women in general dealing with people. So, you could say mothers or others that we, we give gifts to, it's important. But there's a few things that I think we can look at. And well, I did uh, want to give you a basis of some scriptures first, the foundation. Now, Proverbs 31 is, is too long to read today, but I encourage you, women and ladies of all ages, to, to read Psalm, Proverbs 31. Now, to be honest, nobody at no time in history has ever been able to fulfill all of Proverbs 31 as a woman. It's it's really almost impossible. But that's not the intent. It's just a list to show the magnificent magnitude of of a woman and what they can do and what they kind of have to do in life and society and the important role of that. Proverbs 31 was actually one of the few things in the Bible written by a woman. There's, there's a few other poor passages, Hannah's uh, prayer and, and uh, Mary's magnificat. But this lady quoted and told her son, who had just happened to be the king, uh, a, a story really about, uh, I kind of I picture it as maybe when he was fixing to get married or getting ready to look for somebody, he was, she was wanting to give him the lowdown on what he, he, he needs to be looking for in a woman. So he kind of lays out this whole thing. But it comes down to the end, and it's, it's a lot of stuff, and so read it. But, uh, but the bottom line is, it says, you know, charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, and she will be rewarded and honored by her children. So, it's not how much money you have or don't have, not how beautiful or not so beautiful in the world's eyes you may think you are. How well you're dressed, how much impact or networking you have, that means nothing when it comes down to it it's, it's your spiritual beauty that matters, the interview. Now I encourage you to dress nice and wear the makeup, go ahead and keep that up. But don't let that be what defines you. And don't let the world, ladies especially, I have two daughters and three granddaughters, so I'm kind of concerned about this with, with girls and women in life, is that you realize that you don't have to prove yourself to be of worth. You are of worth, just as you are. You are a value. You are special. You're unique. So don't feel like you have to dress a certain way or act a certain way or talk a certain way or do whatever a certain way. You know, some of those things are fine. But that, is, that does not make you valuable. You are valuable because God says you're valuable. So you need to believe that. Because I know ladies and women hear a lot of negative things and critical things, even if it's sort of undercut, subconscious. Don't let those things bring you down. You're loved. You're valuable. And if you have God in your heart, if Jesus Christ resides in your heart, then you are a perfect condition before the Lord where back a few chapters in Proverbs 6 kind of sets the stage for what I'm going to talk about today in in Ephesians. It says, uh, My child, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teachings. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. So we're going to first talk about what we need to do in regards to our mothers or to those that are loved ones that we honor in our life. What is our role? Well, we are to keep a father's commands and don't forsake your mother's teaching. Now, that takes into a consideration that fathers are commanding something and mothers are teaching something. And that's where I think this failed. Maybe not here because you're sort of the elite crowd in a sense uh, in, in view of this thing. But I think most of us will re- recognize that most of the world, and maybe even us at times, have not done so well at training our children in the spiritual foundation. We'll do everything to get them to dance lesson, to uh, karate lesson, or band, or academic things, or track, or sports. There's nothing wrong with those. But what are you doing to invest in the spiritual training of your children and those in your life? That's the key here. That's what it's talking about. And then in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul picks up on something. Now, I've used two, two passages from Paul today Because I think Paul gets a a bad rap, even though he he has some kind of challenging things to say. Many people kind of think Paul is being, he's accused of being a misogynist that doesn't really like women very much and kind of has a lot of negative things to say. I dispute that in that he is just describing the cultural attitude of the day, what was happening. These two passages, this one and another one, will show you that Paul had a high view of women in the ministry. It's just culturally at that time, they had different ways of responding and different things. I remember back in, it was 1997, I believe, I went to Romania on a, a partnership evangelism and a mission trip, and I spent a couple of weeks over there. And in the Baptist churches there, where they want Southern Baptists, because outside the United States, there's, no, there's not Southern Baptists, but they're they are linked with them. The women sat on this side, and the men sat on this side. All the women had little hats or bonnets on. And all the men had no hats and no caps. You see, it's just a tradition, then and now, that women would wear hats. Now, I was hoping, Miss Jean, you'd wear your hat today. That's why I said, where's your hat? Because I was going to say, we have one hat in here today. But, ladies, you're not required to wear hats. Even though the scripture says you should cover your hair, uh, that's a cultural thing at the time because it <coughs> reminds you uh, when you wear a cap hat, that reminds you that you are in submission to God. Not to anything else, but that you are covering your head in honor and glory of, of, of that. And that's other reason why men are not wearing caps. And many times some of you wear caps and other things in here. It's not a sin, but it's the scripture talks about not covering your head in the house of the Lord. So that's why we encourage you, if you have a hat, you know, I don't see any today, but to take it off when you come in as a sign of honor and respect. Lady, I'm not expecting you to wear a You're welcome to, but you don't have to. Uh, but there are certain cultural things that we find in place. But here, we find a, a very important part. He says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. Now, this passage is reviewing back to Proverbs 6, but also Exodus 20. The Ten Commandments, you know, honor your father and your mother. Paul is reinforcing for the New Testament church, which is us, that that commandment still stands. We are to honor our father and mother. That means we are to honor our father and mother even if they are sorry rascals. And there are some sorry rascals. Fathers and mothers out there. There are. But we're still to honor them. That doesn't mean you agree with everything they say or do, you don't join them in, in something that's what you do, but you still show love to them, you show respect to them, and you pray for them and you try to live an example. You don't turn your back on them other than maybe separate them if there happens to be abuse or something like that. But we're still to respect our parents. Because God has set it up that way. It's part of the process. And to obey. So we've got our roles here. So let's move right into what it is that we can practically and and metaphorically in a sense. Give to the mothers or the people in our life that are important. Well let's start with a verse of scripture. I want to at least look at the book of John for this passage. Okay. So I jump way ahead. Now this is Jesus. On the cross. He had been on the cross for a number of hours. Uh, and the story is recounted here by John, who wrote the book, who was the apostle. He's recounting this. He said, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples, he loved standing there. He said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, John. Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. Now, this passage uh, speaks a lot. But in a sense, though, it's really showing how much Jesus revered and honored his mother and women in general. Remember how he dealt with the Samaritan woman, how he dealt next week with the woman caught in adultery. Love and appreciation and respect and honor. Jesus has set that pattern. It is a biblical pattern teaching to honor and respect one another that means whether it's your elders or your, your father or your mother or women in general or people in general we're all created in the equal in the eyes of God we're all valuable and loved so when we criticize when we judge when we hurt another person and what we're doing is we are hurting a special creation of God someone that God loves Think of someone who hurt your child or someone you love. Uh, that person's not going to be your favorite person in the world. Well, you think when you hurt somebody, you think how God feels when you hurt one of his children, one of his daughters or sons. We've got to care and love for one another. He took care of his mother on the cross and told John to take her. But another interesting thing here is, and guys, it's sort of a slap in the face for us, but we, sometimes we need to get ourselves straight. Who was at the cross? Mother, mother, wife, Mary. Four women. How many guys? One sorry disciple showed up. John. Thank goodness for John. So it's, it's been throughout the ages. Women have really been a core of the church. They have made the church work and operated, even though they may not necessarily been the, the pastors and the deacons and the bishops, they have kept the church, and they, the more women Percentage are Christians than men. I I, I don't know exactly what the issue is there, but uh, uh, women, it's important for you to realize that you are a vital role. They were the witnesses and supporters at the cross. They were the first ones to come and see Jesus. The first ones to tell about Jesus. So ladies, you have a great heritage. And you should live up to that and be a great witness today, a great evangelist today, share the good news, and know that you are a vital part of God's kingdom. So with all this in mind, let's get down to the point of what we need to give our mothers. Number one is give her affirmation. Now, mothers, mother figures, women, people that we love can be applied broadly. We need to love her verbally. You need to say, I love you. You know, sometimes, especially for some guys, we we think we're too macho and manly to, to say things like that to our mothers or the people in our life. There's nothing more manly and godly than to say, I love you and me and all of us. We need to tell people in our life that's important to us. We need to tell them that we love them. Don't wait for the funeral to bring flowers and gifts and all that kind of stuff. Do it now. Tell people you love them. And then give her affection, love her physically. Now, obviously, we're not talking about anything romantic. That's because God's love doesn't and has a separate word for that, eros, the, the phileo, gape love that we're talking about here. It means to be physical. It means you need to hug the people in your life. Touch them. Let them know. But also do things for them. Do acts of kindness and love. Physically care, do you know. Fix the the honey-do list. Do this. Do that. Bring them that. Verbally and physically, we need to love those in our life that are important to us. But more than that, we need to give her acknowledgement. That means love her attentively. Because, you see, you can verbally and physically do something all day long, but if you're not paying attention to them and letting them know that they are valuable, when you look them in the eye and say, hey, I love you, and give them a hug and, and just listen to them, talk to them, let them know they are important, attention. Love is sometimes is the best way to spell quality time is spelled L-O-V-E. It's just to spend that time with it. All right, give her attention. That means love her generously. Now, that means you verbally and physically and with attention love her, but you do it generously, not just look a man in the eye and say, I love you, I care for you, and do something good, and then go off. But be generous about it. Don't do it just on Mother's Day, on birthdays. Do it every day. Do it at every chance you get. Show them that generous, attentive love. Now, these four have to be in place before you can do the fifth. So, if you want to love your mother or people in your life honorably, you cannot do that without the first four. But taken for granted because all of you look smart here today and look like you're, you're you're not too rebellious that you're going to follow these. That means give her appreciation, love her honorably. That means you give her honor, respect. You think highly of her. You place her or their needs over yours. And you show care and concern. These are some gifts that will taste a lot better than that parrot did. And will last a lot longer than that parrot did. These are the gifts that we need to be giving to our mothers, to our wives, to our daughters, to our, all women in general, but really it applies to everybody. You should treat everybody. You, know, you may not quite hug everybody the way you hug your mother or your wife, but the, the idea of being kind, you know, shaking a hand, smiling, you know, it's important that we let love flow through, because that's really is the uh, central core of what a Christian is, is love. And if you're not allowing love to <laughs> flow into you, God through Jesus and then out of you you're missing the main point of what it means to be a Christian and what what Christian faith can offer you because people can in a sense love and honor others if they're not Christians even though I do feel that you cannot biblically love and to the fullest extent love and honor somebody if you're not a Christian but they're still outside of that but we need to be caring and loving so, this is your uh, list for this year, uh, and from now on, to give your mothers and the important women you your life. But also, we need to look at, at you mothers, ladies that are here today. You know, you have a responsibility, too. It's always sort of a, a, a back and forth on what to preach, whether I preach to, to, to the congregation to do what to your mother, or talk to mothers what they need to do. So, I'm doing both, uh, and trying to do it within the time frame. Okay, 1 Timothy, good luck on that. 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 7, another passage of Paul and another passage where he honors and respects and lifts up women. Now, he's writing to to Timothy, who is a pastor of one of the churches in what now is modern-day Turkey. But he was a young guy, and he was really an apprentice, uh, an intern, in a sense, with Paul. Paul trained him and called him his son in the faith. So he thought highly of him. So he's writing him this letter. It says, Paul, and he said, I'm Paul, I'm writing, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, and it's not his physical son, but his son in the spirit, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith. Now, this is where it picks up, this sincere faith we're talking about. Within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear but of power, love, and discipline. Your version may say sound mind. You may remember that. But here, Paul is talking to Timothy, the pastor of the church, and saying, Listen, your sincere faith, I know you've got it, but it comes from your mother and your grandmother. Now, Timothy's father was a Greek. We don't know if he was a believer or not. But we do know that, that, uh, that there's some indications he may not have been. But the case is, Lois and Eunice set a tradition. They invested in the life of Timothy. And Timothy received that, prospered, and flourished because he had a godly mother and a grandmother who led him and directed him into this sincere faith. So, with that in mind, sort of as a backdrop, mothers, what is it that you need to do so that you can be a Lois or Eunice? Uh, Even if your kids are grown, you can still make an impact in the life of your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, or nieces and nephews, or just people in general. We need Sunday school teachers in the children's and preschool department. Extended session workers we need on Sunday, uh, so there are ways for you to be a mother, even if it's not biological, because... Timothy is not a biological son here either, but he's considered that. Okay, so let's look at mothers. What is it that you need to give to your children or to the loved ones or to the people important in your life? Well, number one, give them an example of sincere faith. Now, remember this right here, uh, verse 5, mindful of the sincere faith that is within you. That's what your children need, okay? Your children People in your life that's important to you, they need food. You know, they need to, somebody to, to whip them into shape for their schoolwork and to take them to dance or karate or sports or whatever it may be. They need somebody to, you know, put a Band-Aid on them or whatever that may be. But the most important thing that your children, your spouse, your family, your friends need from you is an example of sincere faith. I mean, that's not hypocritical. That sincere means without fault. Or without error. It, it's, it's of integrity. That means what you say and what you do line up with what you say you believe about the Bible of Jesus. If they don't match, then what you do is you have this confusion. Well, mom or so-and-so says the Bible is important, God is important, but... We, we don't go to church like we should, or we don't read the Bible, or we don't really do those things. So, if you don't put in attention on something, that means you don't think much of it. If you really care about something, you, you give it attention. So, ladies, mothers, I'm not trying to give you a downer here today, but I want to challenge you. You need to step it up and be a sincere person of faith. Because your faith can have a great impact on your family and the people around you. Secondly, give those you care about a desire to honor and obey God's word. Now, that means you honor it first. Do your children, do your spouse, do your family, do your friends see you reading the Bible? They should. They should know that you read the Bible. You should read it with them. You should talk about it. And then you need to encourage them read their Bibles. Maybe sit down with them and say, hey, let's read a passage and let's talk about it together. No matter what age you are, you can do that, even with a young child. And by the way, many of you here, have uh, your children have made decisions, and there's a little booklet that we've been trying to get you to work through. Step it up and finish those books with them so we can get about five or six of them baptized even. But uh, follow through on that. But encourage them, help them to honor and obey God's word. And number three, give them a portrait of God's love. I think most of us would, uh, would agree, it's at least in an idealized sense, that a mother's love for her children or for her loved ones is one of the closest things to God's love for us on this earth. Now, that doesn't mean every mother does that. But in a general sense, mother's love that we kind of think and idealize, that is what perfect example. So ladies. Be a portrait of God's love. Don't try to be the most uh, aggressive, in charge. Don't try to be the most sensual that you can think you need to be. And there's there's room for that in, in your life. But you need to be, the key aspect of who you are needs to be that you portray, you reflect. In some way or another. Jesus Christ and God's love. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect, doesn't mean you never say anything angry or get mad, but that the general tenor, the general central part of your life, is that you are trying to, to reflect the love of God through Jesus Christ. That's what your children need, more than money and time and toys and gifts. And activities and opportunities, they need to see Jesus in you. And then lastly, give them a desire to enter into a faith relationship with God through Jesus. I mean, number one, you need to have made a faith decision. There may be some of you here today that you're a good person. You've been a good mother and a good wife. But you've never made that decision to step over in faith and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are maybe looking forward to becoming a mother one day. The most important thing to do is... Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, then you have access to all of God's love, His power, His protection, His peace, His guidance, His patience, which wives and mothers, you know how much patience you need. God wants to give that to you. He wants to walk alongside you. But if you haven't received Jesus into your life, made a a specific decision, not just say, oh yeah, I know Jesus is out there and yeah, this or that, but that you have committed yourself to him, that you have joined in faith. So that's the first step. Then, mothers, women, you need to be the best evangelist for your children and your family of anybody. Don't depend upon me as a pastor or your Sunday school teachers or youth director uh, or preschool director to do that for you. We want to do that. And we want to lead to that, but you need to be on the forefront of sharing with your children and encouraging them to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They see that in you. They see it's important to you and that it's important enough to you to share it with them. Make the point to share your faith about what Jesus means to you as a mother, wife, daughter, women in general in society, but guys are all of us here too. These same principles still apply to us too. The world needs to see a sincere faith that strives to reflect Jesus Christ. We're not going to be perfect. That's not what I'm demanding or expecting here. But that we are intentional about letting God's love flow through us and let Jesus shine out from us. Our words, our actions, what we do, where we go, how we respond to people. This world needs love. And mothers, you have the greatest source of that. I want to challenge you women to rise up and be an evangelistic force in this church, this town, this society. And the rest of us, let us love and give honor and respect. It really comes down to realizing that God created us. He loves each one of us. And we're so special, whether you're a woman, man, young or old, that he <coughs> sent his son Jesus to die to take care of your sins so that you could be brought back into the family. That's how much you loved. Don't disrespect that. Don't dishonor that by just saying, well, I I may think about it later or, yeah, that's nice, but I'm going to run my life. It's time for us to commit ourselves in faith to God through Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes as we move into a time of invitation and commitment? I'm going to be here up at the front. Maybe you're here and you're a, well, you're already a Christian. But maybe you haven't been quite loving and as caring and compassionate and obedient that, as you should have been. Now is the time for you <laughs> to say Jesus, I know you're in my heart I believe in you but I put you off to the side and no longer do I want to do that I want to put you front and center in my life I know I've messed up I know I've made mistakes try to do Father, right here and right now put Jesus first Let me live for you. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard in the message or read in the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.